been listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And the panel's back. Good morning. Happy Friday. Beautiful day out there. This is uh, your host, John Brian, with the Upfront Radio Show here on WNRI. I want to start by saying uh, <clears throat> this show probably won't be uh, won't be dominated by Prince Philip speak. I know that Roger mentioned that, but believe me, he said that kiddingly. Uh, Prince Philip passes away at 99. That's about as much information as I have, as I want, or as I'm going to cover here on this particular program. Um, the royal family is the royal family, uh, but they're in England. God save the queen and all that stuff. So uh, there you have it, Prince Philip. Gone, but not forgotten at 99. That's a really good run. I hope I can make it that far. I do want to start this morning by reminding you that uh, in a little bit more than one week, next Saturday, April 17th, is going to be the Woonsocket Rotary Children's Clothing Drive. And children, uh, that's ages 0 to 17, and that's going to be uh, new or lightly used clothing. And there's going to be two locations next Saturday from 9 to 12 p.m. And that's going to be here at the WNRI studios, so you can drop off your new or lightly used children's clothing here at the WNRI studio. Or... At, a, at Trinity Catholic Church up at Park Square, also known as OLQM, as I will probably always call Our Lady Queen of Martyrs, the OLQM Parish. You can drop your clothes off uh, there. We're going to have two groups of people, two spots, <coughs> excuse me, and it's going to be you know, it just as convenient as possible. But we're going to have fun, and we're going to uh, be uh, collecting these clothing for a great project that Rotary is working on, and you'll get all the details about that project, but I think it's going to be a project that is truly going to uh, help uh, the, the kids of this community in a way that uh, they haven't been served up till now. And so I think it's, uh, it's really important uh, that uh, if you do your spring cleaning, you have some, some clothing uh, for kids, 0 to 17, new or lately used, drop them off next Saturday, if you will, uh, here at the WNRI Studios and up at uh, Trinity Catholic Church at Park Square from 9 to 12 p.m. We really appreciate it, and it's going to be a great, great cause. Um, I also want to take a moment to welcome back to the airwaves this week, uh, Mr. John Dion. I want to say to uh, to, to the station and, and to uh, the listeners that we want to welcome him back. And not so much because he's back on the radio. I mean, I think that that is a, a, a great... Um, a, a great thing, and I and I think that you know he's certainly got his listening base, and and people enjoy uh, Mr. Dion's show. But I think it's more important because he made it back here to the studio, and that uh, he he remains strong, he remains a stalwart, and he remains uh, pretty stubborn. And so uh, he walked himself right back behind this microphone, and I want to say congratulations, and uh, you know wish him well, and and say uh, it's good to have you still with us on this side of the grass, as they say, because every day is certainly a gift. I have learned that, and I am grateful for each day that my eyes open and I'm able to walk this earth and try to make some kind of a difference, try to make some kind of an impact, even if it's only 
on one person. And maybe the show will have an impact on you today, if only to get you to think. And I think that's what this this uh, show is, for me, is really about. It's about trying to get you to think and think in ways that maybe you haven't or uh, just take a look at things through a different lens. So, again, a talk show is only as good as its callers, so you can feel free to call me at 766 1380 7690 and 1-800-949-9674. You can also email me here at upfront at WNRI.com, and I look forward to hearing you. I'm going to get right into it on my first topic of the day. And my first topic of the day really is about, I, I'm so curious as to what you think about what happened this week with Major League Baseball. And this, this conversation is not about Major League Baseball at all, but about what you've been told and about what they want you to believe. Because that's what this is always about, about what, you, what they want you to believe. You see, there's the truth, and then there's what the public is told. And, that's, uh, and th- there's a big divide there, I can assure you. And I've been talking about mainstream media bias for as long as I've been able to be uh, behind a microphone. And it's always disturbed me greatly. But never have I seen the media so complicit uh, in working with and kowtowing to the mob that they are now. And this week, in case you didn't know uh, and, and, and you haven't paid attention, Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game out of the state of Georgia. And they did that because Major, League, because Major League Baseball disagreed with the fact that the state of Georgia, a sovereign state, a state that is allowed to do what they want so long as it is within the Constitution of the United States, decided to secure their elections and insisted on election integrity more so than what happened uh, with the last election. You might recall the last election in, in, in Georgia, and then you had the, um, the Senate, the two Senate races there in Georgia, and that, that pretty much flipped the Senate to the Democrats. And so Georgia, the legislature in Georgia had said enough, and they decided they were, um, they were putting in voter ID, which we have here in Rhode Island. Uh, they were uh, going to secure their elections, but they were going to do so in such a way that allows people to vote more, but make sure that they have to show an ID. Now, you might recall that uh, there was a woman named Stacey Abrams who insists she still won the governor's race uh, there in Georgia. Uh, She didn't. Uh, and so now she came out along with an, a bunch of other people that said that um, this was, in fact, a, a, a suppressive to the African-American community. And, and it was akin to Jim Crow laws. And I'm going to get into that, the Jim Crow, in case you don't know what that is, in a moment. But that this was somehow suppressive. And the argument, and I want you to know that this is an argument that is... Um, so offensive to the African-American community, to so many people anyway, because the argument against voter ID by so many of these far left talking heads is this. People of color are incapable of getting an ID. That's what the argument is. People of color are incapable of getting an ID. And before you just tune in and you say, John Brian said people of color can't get an ID. I don't believe that at all. It's totally false. You need an ID for everything, literally everything. In fact, the same people that are telling you that you ought to have a COVID passport 
show me your papers, please. A document that says I've been vaccinated so now I can move about the country and exercise my freedoms as an American. Okay. Those same people that are advocating for a COVID passport are the same people that are saying that this, that voter ID is a bad thing because you shouldn't have to show a voter ID, an ID when you go to vote. Major League Baseball that requires you to pick up tickets. When you pick up tickets at will call for, for a baseball game, you have to show a photo ID. And Major League Baseball is okay with that. But they are not okay with the state of Georgia saying, when you vote, you need to prove you are who you say you are. So they pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta, a majority African-American community. And they put it in Colorado. Now, let me make, let me make something incredibly clear. Georgia, okay, thanks to this new law, has voter ID, ballot drop boxes, and 17 days for early voting. The All-Star game was moved to Colorado. Colorado has voter ID. Colorado has drop boxes. And Colorado has 15 days. 15 days for early voting. So what that says is Colorado's voting laws are more restrictive. But Major League Baseball and the corporations bent their knee to the mob and they said, okay, we'll move it. We'll move it to a state that's a predominantly white state into a predominantly white city with more restrictive voter laws. Give me a call and tell me how you think that makes sense because I don't, I don't think it does. Now, let me make a point about the Jim Crow laws. This is the new, this is the new talking point. The new talking point for any type of legislation that goes for voter integrity. And we have voter ID in Rhode Island, by the way. And voter ID in Rhode Island was passed because when I was in the General Assembly, I worked for five years to get that legislation through. And I had with me Anastasia Williams of Providence, a woman of color from Providence as a sponsor and a spokesperson. I had Senator Harold Metz, an African-American man, an elderly man from Providence as a co-sponsor in the Senate. The arguments in Rhode Island at the time and still remain by the people who say they want to repeal Rhode Island's voter ID law is that it is somehow suppressive that people of color and old people cannot get IDs. That's what they tell you. You've got a senator here in Woonsocket, Senator Melissa Murray, who says we should repeal Rhode Island's voter ID law. Do you agree with that? I definitely want to hear whether or not you agree with that. But they say that this is akin to Jim Crow era laws. But let me make, let me make something clear. The left and the people that are, that, that, that are screaming about Jim Crow laws are Democrats. But in case you didn't know, I want to leave you with this. Democrats voted, and this is from a, a piece from the Washington Examiner. Democrats voted against every piece of civil rights legislation in Congress from 1866 to 1966, a whopping 100 years. Democrats voted to keep African Americans in slavery, opposing the 13th Amendment. Republicans passed the 14th Amendment, which granted slaves U.S. citizenship. Republicans also passed the 15th Amendment, which gives slaves the right to vote. And not a single one of the 56 Democrats in Congress 
voted for that. But yet, Democrats today are claiming that legislatures, if Republican-led, that are passing voter ID laws, are trying to bring us back to the Jim Crow era. You see what they're doing? Anytime anything that they feel is somehow objectionable, it goes to race. It's identity politics that is so poisonous. And that's the problem. That's what's going on in America here today. That the very party that voted against the amendments which would emancipate African Americans are now claiming that they're the saviors and they're trying to, that they're the ones that are trying to keep them able to vote because they can't get IDs. I'll leave you with this. If you are for voter ID, you are for elections that are safe, elections that are secure, and elections that are true. If you argue against voter ID, what you're doing is you're saying, I endorse cheating in elections. I do not want secure elections. If you are, 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 are somehow against voter ID, you're basically saying, there's a way to cheat. We want to make sure we find it. And we don't want to make sure that every single vote is counted. When we come back, we'll get to the phones. We're going to talk about yesterday's press conference, if you can call it that, by our president in regard to gun control, in regard to the Second Amendment, and how it would affect you. This is John Brian on the Upfront Radio Show on 1380 AM and 99.9 FM WNRI. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are open daily, operating with curbside pickup at this time. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, cream, assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. There are three ways to order. Number one, to view our current menu and place an online order or view our frequently asked questions, go to rightsdairyfarm.com. Or number two, call the farm at 401-767-3014, extension 2, to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Three, on-site. Order from your car with your smartphone or with a sales associate, then wait in your vehicle while our team fills your order. Please be prepared for longer waits on the weekends. So stay safe while we work through these unusual times. Please visit our website, rightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. The Roast House is open seven days a week, and they're featuring inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine in or place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check out the menu online at theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Farm Street and Blackstone. We welcome back old and new customers for inside dining and takeout. Just when the holidays are over and I think there's nothing more to think about financially. But then February and March always get me thinking about how I got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions. And I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. 
Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we have a panel of one this morning, so good Friday to you. I am John Breen on the Upfront Radio Show, and let's take a few phone calls. Caller, good morning, and welcome to the Upfront Show. Morning, John. How are you? Good morning. So I'm always going to say this. I'm a liberal, but I'm not a leftist. Let me say just a couple things and get your thoughts. So I was lukewarm to voter ID in Rhode Island until I learned about provisional ballots. So if you lose your ID, you go in, you can still cast the ballot, you carry it within a few days. Okay, so then I was I would said that's a good I can live with that. That's that's a good voter ID law. Okay. okay. Let me let me tell you this. I was having a discussion or an argument with a leftist and she said, um, voter ID is racist because black and brown people don't have the means to get IDs. I said, make your case. She made her case. I said, okay. I said I said, what about vaccine passports? Should those be mandatory? She said, absolutely. I said, so if I'm riding my mountain bike in Diamond Hill State Park, the police should be able to ask me for that vaccine passport. If I don't have it, they can throw me in cuffs and throw me in jail. She said, absolutely. You are a threat to, to the well-being of our society. I said, okay. I said, how about this? Do I need a vaccine passport to go vote? She said, absolutely not. That's racist. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, black and brown people don't have the means to get vaccines. So that's racist. So I said, did you understand where I'm going here, John? Yes, you spoke to someone who's absolutely brainwashed. That's what you did. You spoke to someone who is incapable of reason. And I, I refer to those kinds of people as just being too far gone, right? They, there's, there's no way that you can bring them back down to earth. You can't have a rational conversation with someone. Let me tell you something about the Rhode Island voter ID law. What happened was... It was a, a period of years. We had the Secretary of State of Ohio, who went on to be a congressman, come in because Ohio was passing a voter ID law. And at the time, it was a very liberal voter ID law. But we had the Secretary of State of Ohio come in and testify in committee. So it ended up the Ohio uh, law went to the, the, the state Supreme Court and was ruled constitutional. So then we modeled our bill after the Ohio law, and we even made it. A couple extra tweaks to make it even a little bit more liberal. We have voter ID in Rhode Island, but it's the most liberal one in the country. However, you do have to show an ID. You are absolutely correct. There are two things. If you show up at the polls, nobody is denied a right to vote. What you do is you do a provisional ballot back at the Secretary of State's office, or I should say the Board of Canvas offices in, in, in your city or town. They look at your signature versus your, your signature when you registered to vote. If they match, your ballot counts. If they don't, it doesn't. It's a check and balance. Number two, did you know this? Did you know that IDs are provided for free and upon request from the Secretary of State's office? That you can go to the Secretary of State's office and request a voter identification card for absolutely no money. It's in the statute. You can get them for free. And in fact, when we did the bill, there were mobile vans that were going around the state creating IDs for people that needed them and wanted them. Does that sound racist to you? 
No, it's it's John. It's it's and, and what you everything you just said. I know. I think you were you were in the state house at the time. You so you were part of that, I believe. But if I I looked at the I was looking at the Georgia bill, and from what I understand, they did the same thing we did. They said the same thing that you guys did at the state house. I think they have a mobile. I think they said they will come to you. All you have to do is call them. They'll come to you. So it's just David Wells. I don't know if you saw David Wells did a good interview. Uh, about this uh, yesterday, I think, and, and he said, "I'm not even watching baseball anymore." He's like, "He's like, I can't even do it," you know. Well, I, I'm the whole the whole idea of woke politics being inserted into sports to me is so unseemly because it just takes away all the joy that I had in sports. Sports was the one thing that I could watch that took away. Um, you know, life. You could you could focus on sports, and it could be about the game. It could be about what's happening on the court of the field. Now it brings everything else in, and it just doesn't make it as enjoyable. I mean, it just it just doesn't, and I I find it to be objectionable. But you're absolutely right, Georgia. And by the way, when President Biden says that Georgia's laws are quote unquote worse than Jim Crow, they're Jim Eagle. He doesn't understand. That the Delaware statute, the Delaware voting statute, is more rigorous than that of Georgia. So what does that tell you? This is a narrative being fed by the mainstream media to try to normalize what happened in the last election. To make every election a free-for-all. To try to get statehood for D.C. You see, this is nothing about the good of the people and the good of the country. This is about the maintaining in the acquisition of power by one party over another to have one party rule as an institution. That's what this is about. And people don't realize that. They don't understand that. Someone said to me recently, it's too hard to think. People don't want to think. But I appreciate your call today because obviously you're thinking. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Bye. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Yeah, good morning, John. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah, was it one of the items that you had mentioned about Anastasia was being one of the sponsors. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if a lot of people don't realize is that uh, Representative uh, Williams and her daughter had gone to the polls to vote. They said, I'm sorry, you already voted. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct, which is one of the reasons why she wanted to jump on the bill with us. And she testified to that very uh, event in, in committee. And I mean, I mean, for an individual, I mean, to have this happen to someone is, is deplorable. And the fact is, that's why you have to have a voter ID, because it's a flaw in the system that if without it, things like this can go on and only in a, only in a mass scale. You can have people just walk up to the polls, say, I'm, I'm Harry Smith, and just, you know, just you know, scribble a signature. Go vote, and then when Harry, when the real Harry Smith comes in, says I didn't vote either. So I mean, it's what you've done for the state. For the state, uh, John is uh, it was a tremendous step forward in, in free and fair elections. However, what the Secretary of State is, is doing uh, with so many uh, voters that either aren't here or have maybe passed away or have moved. I mean, the fact is, is that you need a clean, you need a clean voter, uh, voter rolls. The voter rolls. <laughs> well, I, I ask you, your, uh, one of your state representatives there in, in, in the town has 
you know, Brian Newberry has been trying for years to pass legislation mandating the cleanup of the voter rolls. That bill has been resisted by the Secretary of State's office. What does that tell you? Any Secretary of State worth their weight in salt would say, we're going to clean up the voter rolls. We're going to make sure that the people on the rolls are the people that are eligible, eligible to vote in this state. But if someone says, we're not going to do that, we want to keep people who moved and people who are dead and people who are ineligible on the voter rolls. What does that tell you? Does that tell you that there's a move towards voter integrity? Absolutely not, John. All it is, all it is, is, is a vote grab if they can reach out to these people somehow and, and get them to voting. Uh, voting, And chances are they'll probably be, be able to vote in more than one state. Uh, is utterly wrong. And the fact is, is that the integrity of elections is at stake. Your, your, your voter ID law was, was the first step. However, without the clean voter rolls, it's 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 going to be it's going to be horrible. Absolutely, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it it wasn't perfect, and I can admit that. But it was in place, and we're the only state in New England with a voter ID law. And now there are people in the state house, including right here in Woonsocket, that say we need to get rid of it. We don't want to ensure that you are who you say you are when you show up to vote. The other thing, John, too, is that you mentioned about these. Uh, uh, was it? Uh these past COVID-19 passports. Well, to me is that if someone demands that you prove that you've gotten something, you know, you know, that you've gotten a shot or something to travel or whatnot, I mean, to me, that's a, constitu- to, you know, that's a constitutional violation of, of you know, freedom of movement uh, between, between locations or states. But also, but also, too, is the fact that it's a violation of the HIPAA laws. Well, you're absolutely right, and I am completely against any kind of having to prove through documentation uh, that you have taken the vaccine or not so that you can have free movement as an American here in the United States of America. Bob, thank you for the call very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, speaking of the Constitution and speaking of our rights, there was a press conference yesterday held by the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Um, No questions from the press, obviously. It's amazing, just a quick aside. Donald Trump would lick his chops and come out and he would face 100 reporters before getting on a chopper. Just totally off the cuff, just go at it with reporters and just be honest. He was the most accessible president I think we've ever had. And then now we have really the opposite. But um, there was a, a press conference yesterday regarding gun control and the Second Amendment. And the president is going to sign executive orders regarding gun control. And on executive orders, I want to make the point that during the campaign, um, the now president, Joe Biden, then president, candidate Biden, said that uh, doing things by executive order, which Trump had done some, absolutely, uh, but not near the number of executive orders by this administration, was akin to being a tyrant. So it was tyrannical then. But it's virtuous now. So think about that. Um, But yesterday there were uh, gun control measures being proposed that will be signed into uh, executive order. And in that press conference, and this is the thing that I want to tell you about that I find so disturbing. The president said that it's the Second Amendment, but no 
amendment of the Constitution is absolute. He said those words. No amendment is absolute. And he said that on April 8th of 2021. Did you know that on April 8th of 1864, the United States Senate passed the 13th Amendment banning slavery in America? The 13th Amendment was passed with a 38-6 vote, 100% support from Republicans, 30 senators, along with four Democrats and four third party. It's hard to believe, really, that on the anniversary of the abolishment of slavery, the president said no amendment is absolute. Now, I ask you, good listeners, if the president had said that, but his name was Donald J. Trump. Don't you believe that the mainstream media would have been out there saying Donald Trump was going to bring back slavery? What an insult on the on the anniversary of, of the abolishment of slavery. Donald Trump says no amendment is absolute. They would have been all over him for that. But here you but but you hear nothing. Some of your amendments are First Amendment, Second Amendment. Right to right of people to be secure in their persons against search and, search, search and seizure. So many amendments that are so important to the United States Constitution. It's amazing. The Fourth Amendment is the right of people to be secure in their homes against illegal search and seizure. Imagine that no amendments are absolute. That that could be abridged in some way. The Third Amendment, no soldier in a time of peace shall be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner. But yesterday you were told that no amendment of the United States Constitution is absolute. Think about the wailing and gnashing of teeth if the 45th president of the United States had said that. And the way the mainstream media, the coordinated attacks of the left would have been. If President Trump had said that. But President Biden said it, and it's okay. When it comes to gun control, I don't believe that guns should be in the hands of mentally ill people or criminals. But let me say this. Stricter gun control rules only harm people that are law-abiding gun owners. No member of the NRA has ever been involved in a mass shooting. But the NRA is vilified that somehow they're a pro-gun, pro-death organization. No, they're a pro-Second Amendment organization. No mass shooter has ever been an NRA member. Restrictive gun laws only hurt people like myself and like you, who own firearms for no other reason than to protect their families and their homes and quite possibly their liberty. A disarmed population is a population that cannot stand up for itself. And this is what they want. They want a population that believes one train of thought, that cannot defend themselves, and it's all moving in one direction. And you see it, and you see it in China, and you see it in Russia, and you see it in Venezuela, and that's the way they want it. And we can't allow it to happen here. I do not support stricter gun control laws, except for background checks for mental health issues. I do support that. 
I just think it's a problem when you're being told lies about what gun control really is and what it really isn't. So we're going to come back on the other side of this break. And when we do, uh, I do have an email here that I'd like to read. And uh, we're going to take some of your calls. So callers, hold on. And uh, I thank you for listening here on the Upfront Show on 1380 AM and 99.9 FM WNRI. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In Six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Interiors by Glow, their newly opened home decor store at 275 Social Street, Woonsocket, is holding a springtime sale from March 22nd through April 21st. Enjoy a minimum 10% discount off select products. Senior citizens 65 and over receive a 20% discount. Products include a vast array of fabrics and trim, including an Italian fabric line from Italy with a manufacturer's guarantee to not fade up to eight years. Customize your outdoor living spaces with a color or print that fits your decorating style. Interiors by Glow is more than a fabric store, offering stylish, modern decorative mirrors, tabletop and hanging planters, clocks and hanging mirrors, fresh spring-scented candles handmade by Glow, including lemon chiffon and rose garden, just to name a few available at the store. Interiors by Glow offers tableau decorative grills, an exciting new concept in decorating both interior and exterior areas that offer customization of any shape, size, and pattern to match your home decor. Visit Interiors by Glow, 275 Social Street, Socket, or online at interiorsbyglow.com. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Bible study and services now available on Zoom only at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we're back to the panel. That's me. And we have just so much to talk about and not enough time. That really is, uh, I guess that's a good problem to have here on the Upfront Show when you have so many topics 
good calls and not enough to talk about. I do want to address an email here that I got this morning. Uh, it's kind of lengthy. I won't read the entire thing, um, but I will read this. Uh, it says, first, I moved, this is from Josh. First, I moved to Woonsocket in 2014. I voted for the current mayor in 2016 and 18, uh, but I've come to see the toxicity and intimidation coming from the mayor. I voted for you in 2020 because you offered a breath of fresh air and the city needs it more than ever. Well, thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. Um, I read your letter to the editor in the Valley Breeze and you summed up exactly what is wrong with the current mayor and the administration. You wrote that you received a parking ticket while parked on Main Street on November 3rd, Election Day. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get a chance, go to this week's Valley Breeze, the letter to the editor, and you will see that I paint a story of receiving a parking ticket on my vehicle on Election Day, uh, which was absolutely gratuitous and unnecessary. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a show of force by the administration. Uh, and, uh, and the fact that I had to go to a municipal court to fight this ticket... In the library. Why? Because City Hall remains locked down to you and to everybody else. And there's a reason for that. So go and read that letter to the editor. I think you'll uh, really enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> also, it goes on to say, I also want to mention an article titled, Council Eyes Ordinance to Bring dra uh, Craft Distilleries to the City. Where have I heard this sort of vision before? I find that, uh, thank you, and, and it goes on, but I, I won't read it all um, in the interest of time. But I will say this. I saw that the call had a story about craft distilleries being proposed by uh, Councilman Susie, and that the council is in support of it. And I've spoken to some of my former colleagues on the council about this. Um, and I spoke to them because uh, I found it interesting that this was coming up post-election. Um, you may recall I spoke about this very issue uh, during the course of the election, and then yesterday in the Valley Breeze, when I was looking to the letters to the, the letters to the editor, and I saw a particular one I was interested in, you may be too. I saw an article in there saying that uh, Councilman Susie, and I applaud him for doing so, uh, and former Councilman uh, Garrett Mancieri, who was a candidate for council at the time, coming forward and talking about uh, craft distilleries in Woonsocket and what a great thing it would be and using Pawtucket as an example. And where have I seen this before? Ladies and gentlemen, I did a commercial on this, a commercial. Uh, I did a flyer. I did an ad. I did many things in regard. I spoke about this publicly, about the need to bring the craft distillery and craft brew industry here to the city of Woonsocket as one part of a means to turn the city around. Because we're better than what you're getting now. Okay, We're better than the city of the dollar store. Uh, and what we're getting now is just not enough. And I use Pawtucket as an example. So I applaud their efforts. But I would say that when, when they were both candidates and they had a mayoral candidate that was putting this forward, perhaps they could have said, yeah, what a great idea by John. I think this will be a great thing when he's elected mayor. But there were crickets, and I find that disappointing. So I applaud the move. I applaud the city council going forward. But it's almost like I read it yesterday, and I said, where have I seen this movie before? And it's really disappointing. And to finish on that note... Uh, during the campaign, uh, the mayor and, and her campaign staff were in this very studio, basically denigrating my plan and talking about how it was a joke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I assume that they will be and she will be in opposition of this plan, just like during the course of the campaign. So that bears um, 
to be seen, and, and, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I thank you to this astute emailer for, uh, for letting me know. Um, we're going to go back to the phones, and I want to say uh, welcome to the show. Yes, uh, sir. My name's Scott. I was wondering, uh, can, can, you, can I talk about what I want, or, or you want to stick to uh, local issues? Uh, you can talk about what you want, but we're up against it, Scott, so you got about a minute. All right. Uh, the, the evil U.S. government uh, is, is hell-bent on taking away our uh, guns from the American people. And our Second Amendment rights are already threatened, and so are our First Amendment rights. George Soros funds Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the Anti-Defamation League to take away American Second Amendment rights. And both Soros and the ADL are Jewish and are hell-bent on making America a communist country. That's just a fact. And when Americans are silenced and disarmed, then the America, as we know it, will be dead. And that's, that's the road we're going on. That's where we're headed towards, sir. Well, we're Scott, I mean, but Scott, I have to, you know, but, and, and, and I say this all the time, okay? When it comes to the Catholic Church, okay, the message is absolute, but the messengers are flawed. And you bring up George Soros all the time, and you tie him to all of our Jewish friends. And I have to say to you, sir, that I totally disagree with you in regard to that. And I would say that from a foreign policy standpoint, the United States has no better friend than the state of Israel. And so I, I would, I just have to completely disagree with you on that point. You mean there are, there are overseers, there are handlers, there are masters. Uh, and uh, Scott, I, I they control listen, America. Scott, I, I, I appreciate the call and, and, and but I just gotta say, I, you know, I agree with you on the Second Amendment uh, portions, but I don't agree with you on the Jewish stuff because it, it really, I just find it to be somewhat offensive. So thanks for the call. So as we move forward in the last few minutes of this, uh, of this show, I do want to make a point to you. And as I said, I always want to keep you thinking, okay? And I want to keep you thinking by saying, are you tired of not having the freedoms that you are entitled to? Are you, are you tired of having the government tell you, oh, you can sing in church now. Oh, you can gather. You can do this. You can do that. I saw a great quote the other day. The government is taking miles of freedom, but only providing inches of safety. And I agree with that 100%. What's happening here in America is that, as Rahm Emanuel once said, he was the chief of staff to President Obama and then went on to be the mayor of Chicago. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And what you're seeing is the people in power are utilizing fear to remove your civil liberties. And I've been having this argument with anyone that will listen for as long as this pandemic has been going on. I know this pandemic was real. I'm not one of those people that are going to say it's real. But I will tell you that the reaction to the pandemic was one in which those in power made sure to never let a good crisis go to waste. Your civil liberties have been eroded and eroded and eroded, but it's because they want you to be afraid. And if you're afraid, then you'll give up this and you'll give up that. But just be aware you're never going to get it back if you're willing to keep giving it up. The state of Texas... The state of Florida, the state of Arkansas, and several other states have taken away their mask mandates and their COVID mandates. President Biden said Texas had Neanderthal thinking. Just yesterday, 
Three weeks since Texas lifted their mask mandate, the seven-day average in cases is the lowest it's been since June. Just yesterday, today's show, some states with stricter rules are now seeing surges in COVID-19 cases, while many others that rushed, rushed, they have to put that in there, rushed to reopen are experiencing sizable drops. The numbers have experts scratching their heads. Well, if you're scratching your heads on this one, I don't find you to be much of an expert. It's simple. It's time to reopen. It's time to let the American people have what is entitled to them, and that is their civil liberty. Now, if you're not comfortable with that, stay home. If you're somehow part of the population that is susceptible to it, stay home. You don't have to engage in society. But we can no longer have society shut down because of fear. And we give up our freedoms because of it. 60 Minutes went after Governor Ron DeSantis this week because they hate him. They hate him because he's changed the narrative that you can be open and you can be free and be safe. In Texas, they opened up Arlington Ballpark 100% for opening day. Isn't that beautiful? I hope we can get there here in Rhode Island. Hey, I just want to say thanks. I want to say thanks for you to listen, for listening today. I want to say thanks for, uh, for being here and for calling, and I hope you learned something. And I did too, and we'll, uh, we'll learn more next week. Thanks for being there. See you next week. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.